Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 346. And that's when I realized branding isn't what you're telling people. It's how you're getting them to change their minds about what you have to sell. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there, and happy Small Business Saturday. I absolutely love this weekend of sales. Even with the lingering sluggishness of Thanksgiving dinner, I'm taking full advantage of yesterday's Black Friday, today's Small Business Saturday, and also, don't forget, there's Cyber Monday. It's a holiday shopping mega boost for sales, and hopefully you're a recipient of loads of new orders, and you're also supporting your favorite small businesses too. I also want to send a special Happy Hanukkah shout out to all who start lighting the candles tomorrow night. Hag Samea. I want to remind you that holiday shoppers need you as a handmade small business even more this year with all the supply chain issues we're experiencing. I encourage you to sign up for your local shows and get in front of your soon-to-be customers because we need you this year more than ever. I talked about this in my recent Tips and Talk episode number 34. Go back and take a listen to hear how you can both help your business and customers get gifts for the holiday shopping season. We are going to need to depend on you this year, so the time to act is now. Another option for holiday gifts is our brand new Gift Biz merch shop. Go take a look. You can find that right on our website at Gift Biz Unwrapped. With all this talk about shopping going on, have you ever stopped to think about how you decide where you're going to spend your money? Yes, a special eye-catching graphic or creative reel might lead you to discover a new brand. But more than likely, this weekend, you're checking out the deals from companies you already know and support. How did that happen? How did they get on your favorite list? And even more importantly, how can you get on other people's favorite list? It happens through a strategy called micro-weirding. It's like concocting a potion that magically attracts sales. Yep, you definitely want to make your business micro-weird. Here's how. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Denise Blasevic. Denise is CEO and co-founder of the S3 Agency, a creative agency specializing in brand elevation. She's worked with clients like BMW of North America and 8 O'Clock Coffee. A self-proclaimed battler of boring branding, Denise believes that differentiated brand positioning is critical to sustainable sales growth. Because when marketing is rooted in this positioning, customers make decisions based on differentiation versus lowest price. Denise is an inductee into the Advertising Hall of Fame of New Jersey, 
and has won hundreds of awards for her creativity. Beyond agency life, she spends as much time traveling and experiencing the world with her husband and teenage son as possible. Denise, welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Thank you so much, Sue. It is my pleasure to be here and great job with my epithet there, the battler of boring branding. It can be quite a tongue twister. I love the battler of born brand because I think this is going to be a really, really eye-opening conversation for our listeners. But before we do that, I'd love to have you describe yourself in a creative way, and that is through a motivational candle. So if you were to create a candle that really would resonate with you and have Denise written all over it, what would it look like by color and quote? The color would absolutely be red. And my quote would be, you can do anything, you can't do everything, at least not well. So don't burn it at both ends. So true. And I think this is something you may not be as familiar with the handmade market, but especially when people are starting as a creator, you can make everything. Because someone who's creative can paint and then they maybe quilt a little bit and then they crochet a little bit. And so one of the big challenges here is what do you present and sell? Because when you sell everything, you've neutralized your creativity for everything. It's true. And I think that's actually very hard for people who are extremely creative in a lot of ways. If there's only one thing that you do and do well, that niche is sort of created for you. But when you can do so many things, when when the canvas is blank, that's a lot harder than paint by numbers. Very true. But it gives you an opportunity for creating a personal brand, too. It just walks you right into that. Talk with me a little bit about how you zeroed in on branding specifically, where that became your passion. When I started working in the agency business before I had my agency, which I've had 20 years, so it's been a while. I was very fortunate that my first clients were really major brands. And when I looked at what made them better than their competitors, yeah, you could buy the Kool-Aid or drink the Kool-Aid and go, yes, this is so much better than that. But really, it was about the idea that they were able to change the perception of people's minds about what they were selling. It wasn't just about what they were selling. And that's when I realized branding isn't what you're telling people. It's how you're getting them to change their minds about what you have to sell. And that was really enlightening to me. I was like, wow, I love that psychological aspect. I love being able to go and get to the root of something and make a difference versus just making pretty pictures that some people like and some people don't, right? In advertising, you have a lot of subjectivity. And if you can root it in something that really is very, very deep and differentiated, your chances for success, regardless of whether or not someone likes the picture, are much more improved. Plus, what comes to mind to me based on what you're saying is it gives you so much more opportunity to define yourself. It really does, right? There's so many products and services are out there and companies are having new ones launch every single day. That means that there's more and more competition and there are kind of a couple ways you can go with that. You can be the lowest price, right? So you can be like the commodity of all commodities. It's tough to really make a lot of money doing that. You can be the highest priced and like a really differentiated brand, or at least one that people are willing to pay more for, because again, they're buying into what you mean, not just what you're selling. Or you can be in the middle and in the middle is almost the worst place because that's just like people may or may not consider you. And maybe if you're on deal or you're willing to lower your price, like always trying to convince people to buy you versus having people specifically seek you out. Totally agree. And you're getting into a really heavy topic, I believe, and a really important topic right from the start. And that is don't always be defining yourself by price. 
Right. Because it's so easy to do. And you think about it, like the first thing that we think of when we're buying many times, until you really have zoned into the brand, is always, well, how much does it cost? I mean, you and I were talking in the pre-chat about Starbucks, fellow Starbucks lovers. I'm committed to that brand regardless of what the price is because yeah. I love what they stand for. I love their product, obviously, et cetera. So am I thrilled when they increase their prices? No. Am I still going to be buying from them? Yes. <laughs> they have legitimately lived into this differentiated brand, right? From the very beginning of creating this sort of like third home where there was a place that you could go that wasn't work, that wasn't home, that you had this new sort of community, right? You were buying into that, not just into the specific coffee or tea that you were getting. And yeah, having the language that goes along with it, you actually have to speak a language of how you order, right? Like all of that makes you feel like you're part of kind of this club. And then as they would go on and do bigger and better things, and whether it was educating their employees with college or whatever it was, it just gave you more reason to love this brand and tell other people about it and bring them into the fold, even if they weren't one of the early adopters. And that to me is the magic of a really strong brand. That is the goal, right? And that drives back to your point about changing people's minds because oh, yeah. they're not thinking coffee anymore. They're thinking the experience. Right. I'm not going there for my tea. I mean, I'm there for my tea, but that's not why I'm there. I can make my own tea. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, Apple's another brand that everybody knows. Same thing. You either are an Apple loyalist or you aren't. People go both ways with Apple, right? But when you are, gosh, when a new phone comes out or a new product, like when the iWatches came out. I mean, people are just going to run to the brand and get it right away. And with them, right, they've built up a whole ecosystem. So you may or may not have a desktop, a laptop, right? Like that's probably the least of things that people have the most of when it comes to Apple. But that is how they started. Yeah, it's a good point. We're going to get back to, I think, the conversation about how you start. But continuing and sticking with this idea of price it can also go the other way because look at Walmart, very successful, and their pricing strategy is the whole other end. And their brand connects to lower price. So it's not just always higher price. No, as we started in the beginning, like you can own one end or the other of the brand. But when you're in the middle, like when you're sort of just in the throw with everyone else, that is, to me, the most dangerous place to be. You're constantly struggling for survival and just to be like, take a little bit of market share from someone else. And that's really a tough sell. And I don't understand why more people don't take it. Well, I mean, I do, right? Everyone's afraid of change. Everyone's afraid to differentiate, but you know, why more people don't actually live into it because the rewards are clear. And either your differentiation that you choose will be like, oh, that was a really bad idea. <laughs> you know, let me try something else. Or you'll go, wow, this is really working. But what you won't be is in the same position of kind of treading that water in the middle, which is just, it's exhausting and it's expensive. Yeah, I think I know why people don't do it, at least for my community and my perspective, is they haven't really, really taken to heart what we're talking about here, that yeah. it's the brand and it connects with what you represent. And it's about your product, yes. And that's really hard for handmade creators because their heart is in what they've made, but it's more than just your product. I think with your audience too, like sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't want to be egotistical, right? I don't want this to be all about me. It's about my art or my creations or, or whatever it is that I'm making. And you don't have to be egotistical to have your brand come through. That can be an element or not an element of how you portray yourself. But differentiating yourself, it's hard to do, right? I think that's one of the hardest things. But if it's a company and you've got a bunch of people working on it or you hire an agency like mine, that gives you all kinds of clarity when it's just you or you and a couple of people. 
it can be difficult to really see the forest for the trees. Plus, you're probably really busy creating things all day long. Right. Well, and I want to stick under this headline of price for a minute and just keep it all together in this conversation. I think another thing that will happen is if someone is out showing at a craft show and let's say they make handmade soaps Mm -hmm. and there's another person who's making handmade soaps, what we would view as that the shopper is doing is price shopping. Oh, well, theirs look nice and theirs are $6 a bar, but so-and-so's over there are only $4.50 a bar. I'm going to buy those. That's what we perceive the shopper doing. And it actually might play out in real life until you've created a personal brand, until you've actually communicated to people why you're different, why you're better, why you deserve, quote unquote, the increased price, the variance. Right. I mean, if somebody said to you, hey, Sue, you can have this cup of coffee for a dollar or four dollars obviously you're going to pick the dollar, right? Like there's a reason Starbucks has commanded this price and this loyalty because they've created something around it and they've communicated and they've built it up over the years. And that's like big scale, but certainly that can be done on a small scale, but to make a big difference so that you're right when someone is going from place to place and looking and saying, oh, this one's 450, why should I get that? If they come to your table and they see your soaps and they hear your story and it's very obvious to them what is so special about it, they may never get to that other table. True. And they make a personal connection with you and they like you and they want to support you. All of those reasons. But as you're starting out again, how long does it take to get into that zone where you become known or you're seeing the fact that, yeah, I might be losing sales to some other people because of price, but what I'm getting in terms of sales are such loyal customers and such supportive repeat business referrals and all of that. It's okay. I think it depends on how compelling your brand is. Like, what is your differentiation? What is the quality that you're putting forth and the experience that people are getting? And going all in on that can be costly, right? It can take time and ironing it out. And you have to definitely look at what are the benefits? How do I need to raise my prices as appropriate or not? What are you affiliating yourself with? Is there something that you do that others don't do in your space? Maybe you have a big charitable component of what you do. Like that might be important. Like trying to figure out, like there's so many things to figure out. And the way I always look at it, what I ask brands is what are you? And R is my acronym for A-R-E. How are you authentically differentiating yourself? The R is how is that relevant to your target market? And then the E is how can you execute on that? And that's a very simple thing to think about. What are we? What are you? To come up with what the right answer could be, right? Because you could have this huge, I think this is very important and very differentiated because everything I do saves one termite. Well, maybe nobody cares about termites. Maybe my audience doesn't care about termites. Maybe I'm selling to woodsmen who are like, I really don't want termites, right? So you have to think, and of course that's ridiculous, right? But you have to think about what is it that is authentically different about me and my brand that is relevant to the audience that I'm looking to engage with or maybe relevant to a different audience. Maybe I should be looking at a different audience, right? And then how can I execute on it? And one of the best ways to find that, because again, it's hard to think about that for yourself. But if you think about the sales that you've made, when are those aha moments? When do people light up and go, oh, yes, I have to have this. When you kind of like look at that and drill into those moments, that oftentimes will unlock what it is that's special about you and relevant to your audience. Mm, Yeah, the care about the things that people really, really target in on. 
You're right. Because it might be something totally different than what you were thinking. You're really about, I don't know, luxurious things from France, right? And people didn't realize that just because that happens to be part of what you use ingredients from. I don't know. But it's very surprising what your focus can actually be when it might not be the product itself. Yes, I agree. All right. I'm going to take another take on this. I love the R, by the way. It's so perfect. As you talk about authentic, it also has to be true to yourself too. So if it's authentic, if it's certain ingredients that you use for your product, a certain cause that you're supporting for a very personal reason. And I hesitated there just for a second because, you know, how personal is a whole nother conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't just attach with a cause because you think your brand should attach with a cause. It needs to be authentic. Or other things. And tell me what you think about this. We're going through the R's, okay? Authentic. I talk about differentiating and defining your brand in a personal way through what I call unique special powers. So unique special powers could be how your product's made. It could be, I'll just jump to the chase here of my point, who you are as a person, like things that you like because you're the maker and you're being a maker, anyone who's a maker, that's a unique special power unto themselves because it's them. So I will talk for myself specifically. I love snowflakes. I love the color yellow. People like think I'm insane when a blizzard is coming to Chicago because they're like, Sue, you must be so happy. That's part of my brand. It has nothing to do with any of the things that I sell, but it triggers an idea and they're like, oh my gosh, snow, Sue. Yeah. So those are authentic to me as a person also. That is then part of the brand too. Wouldn't you say, Denise? I would say so. Knowing if that's very important to you, I would also try to make it connect to the bigger portion of the brand. Like, so why do I have a yellow snowflake as my logo? It's because of these things. And like making that connection, I think in making it relevant to the audience would make that even stronger. All right. Because I'm trying to help other people start thinking about how they're authentic. Here's another example it kind of goes to being relevant as well. But think of the card company Papyrus. You know how they have the little gold hummingbird sticker in each of their cards? And then there's a saying that goes along with it, and it has to do with giving and being in life together and sharing sentimental statements back and forth and all of that. It aligns with their brand. So that's being authentic to, of course, it's a bigger brand here. But then also relevant because people who are giving cards are sending wishes of some sort. Absolutely. And even thinking back to like kind of the yellow and the snowflake, there is a technique. I don't know if you've heard of it or not called micro weirding because right, like not all brands are born completely differentiated. So if you're like, okay, I make this and lots of other people make this. How can I be different? I don't know what my differentiation is. You can have something that you just go all in on that is just really different and unexpected. For years, there used to be a tea, I don't even know if it exists anymore, called Red Rose Tea. And you would buy it in the grocery store, it was a box of tea. And inside the box of tea, there would be a little like carved stone figurine, a little animal. And people would buy that tea to collect those animals. They would have all the different Red Rose animals. They'd have them on their kitchen counter or windowsill or whatever. Nothing to do with tea. I don't even know why those were in there, but people love them. So it was just something different associated with them. So if everything you sold had like a little yellow snowflake covered chocolate or something, you know, like people go like, oh, that goes with that's the yellow snowflake chocolate. The relevancy can be anything you want it to be as long as you have consistency, people start connecting it with you. But I love micro weirding. It's such a great technique. I've never heard of that before. 
that there was actually a term to it, micro weirding and weirding like I would say the word. Like if I'm going to Google Michael weirding, it's going to come up that way. Yeah. And this for our listeners could be a game changer. The conversation that we've just had in terms of really defining yourself on what your price should look like and then creating something attached to your brand in addition to your product, linked to your product in some way or your brand that's authentic and then relevant and it doesn't have to exactly match. In fact, I'm almost going to suggest that if it doesn't match, it's even better because then it's very different. Yeah, just something really surprising and unexpected, but delightful. You know, people go, oh, I like that. And then like every time they get that, they know I'm going to have this with it. Like, there used to be a wine out there. I think it still exists called Schwarzkatz. It's like a cheap white wine, I think, but it had Schwarzkatz. It's a black cat in German, had a little like black cat that was like a tassel attached to the bottle. And kind of weird, right? Because people give them their kids and I don't know if that's appropriate. And I don't even know if they do that anymore. It's from a long time ago. <laughs> We would have those hanging around the house when I was a kid. And I loved that little charm. And, you know, my mother, when she was going to buy wine for entertaining, would buy that bottle because she'd know I'd get something out of it too. So there's so many ways that you can connect that aren't necessarily obvious, but that can be differentiating and meaningful for your sales. Yes, absolutely. I'm also, it's coming to mind to me, McDonald's Happy Meals. Yes. Dale Pond is the one who created that. And I had the good fortune of working with him and getting into his mind about that. And look, still today, like the toys and all of that. And I remember when they first came out, I mean, even adults would buy the Happy Meals because they had to get the toy that their child was wanting, that every other kid had that their child didn't have. (laughs) (laughs) It was like obsessive. Great name too, like psychologically, right? Here's your happy meal, which brings to mind when you you decide what your differentiation is going to be, the the E part of what are you executable, like an executable differentiation, thinking about every touch point you can make that happen at, right? So going back to our favorite, right? To Starbucks, even the names of their sizes are different, right? So whatever your branding is, you can bring it into, it's like your sizes could be light dusting to blizzard size, right? Like anything that goes with snowflake for you. You can have fun things like that, that really unite the brand experience. So really naming whatever the branding experience is, calling a name to it. Brand, brand. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is so good. So now let's talk even more about executing because none of this is any good if you're not going to tell people about it. No, that's true. And even if it just exists in your head, but you can't really do it, then that's not a good differentiation for you, right? If you can't really do it or you can't put a voice to it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I find a lot of people have challenges when you even ask, well, what do you do? What do you make? Or what is your business? People are like, "Ah, ah, ah," (laughs) you know, and they live it every single day but they can't put words to it. So I think that's really important too, particularly as we start talking about executing. Well, yeah, and figuring out like that very quick snapshot, right? Like for me, I help brands that aren't as well-known or well-loved as they should be become what they should be, right? Like that's very specific for me. And that means like, I'm not going to work with a brand that isn't willing to do what it takes to be a better brand, right? Like that's just a waste of their time and a waste of my time. But I have a very clear goal for who I work with, and that goal appeals to brands that want to be better. So I think thinking that through for your makers of like, what is it that you want to put out there? It's, again, so easy to say, well, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. But what ties all of that together? What is it that makes the things that you make special? I think that's the key. Yes. Or you pick a certain product and then you zone into that and make that your thing, too. There's a couple of different ways to do it. 
when you're talking about executing specifically, what actions do we need to take? Well, with executing, there's the visual, right? Everyone thinks what's branding, right? You know, what does your brand look like? How do you market it? And that is true. And that's all important. But what is the entire experience like? When they are presented with the opportunity to buy, what are they experiencing? Every single touch point. When they do buy, what do they get? If it's something that you're sending, is there something special in the box that kind of tells more of the story and brings them more into the relationship versus just, hey, I got a cool soap? What is it that you can do beyond just product sale next? Exactly. And I say it that way because that's another thing that I try to get through to everybody is you're not going to make progress if you just say, here's my soap, here's the price, buy it. Right. (laughs) And it's not that people don't love your soaps, but if people... Just to expand on this for just a second, if people love your soaps and know you're there, they don't need to continue following your Instagram account because they know you're just showing all the soaps. And when they're ready for soap, they'll come and find you. But then you're not getting a chance to develop the experience of knowing you as a maker, of learning what your authentic branding niches are, if you will. I'm not sure exactly how to say that right. The micro weirding, maybe. You know, you don't get a chance to tell your story. So actually, if everyone can think about it this way, it opens up a world of content opportunity when that is always a challenge. You know, what do I post on social media? Well, I'm going to post my product price again. No, no, no. There's so much more you can be posting. And there is so much content out there, right? So it's really not about like, how much more content can I create? What's the clarity of content that I want to put out there? Like, I think that all drills back to, look, every brand, if they had their druthers, they'd be differentiated but few do what it takes to actually do it. So just by doing it, by making it like you're by default becoming more different, that gives you a competitive advantage. Because going back to soap, whoever makes soap, I hope that you are enjoying this, but (laughs) soap, and I do love a good soap. I definitely, like my personal experience, I will go and I'll be, you know, at a place where there's a cool fair going on or something, or look at this, the soap is awesome. And then I'll buy it and I love it. And I'll never buy from them again because I don't know how and I don't know who they are. I'm just like, oh, I got this cool soap at the fair. It's not like, oh, I got this cool yellow snowflake soap. And did you know that they support polar bears? And I signed up because of this and now I'm getting more information. Like any of that, like that doesn't happen like almost ever when I go to these. Well, hopefully we're changing that because it's such an opportunity lost. Like my heart just sinks when I hear a story like that. If you've become a customer and the person who's made those soaps doesn't now have your email, that is such a huge opportunity lost. And it doesn't serve you either because like you said, how could you ever buy from them again? Give people a reason to give you the email, right? Nobody wants to give their email out. Nobody wants more emails or to be like, so what's the reason, right? Think about that. Like, oh, we have our whatever comes out exclusively for our customers first. Can we tell you about this or whatever it is, but really thinking through what is the value that you're offering so you can get that valuable connection? Exactly. Couldn't agree with you more there for sure. Okay. Still talking about executing, I'm thinking of the different areas. Can you have more than one area of authenticity or should you really be just focusing on one? I wanted to pause this discussion for a second to let you know that I recognize you may be feeling overwhelmed right now. I mean, I bring on great guests who are specialists in their fields, and we get into fabulous conversations that you know can help grow your business. So after the show, you have all the full intention of grabbing a download, making an adjustment to your website, or any other number of ideas that arise as a result of the podcast. But what happens? You get back to all your other activities 
and the momentum you had gets lost. What you plan to do is forgotten. Then you feel bad because your business is going on as usual without implementing anything that you know would help grow your business. You're just too busy doing all the things, like a robot moving from one thing to another without thinking, because you have to. I get it. (laughs) I've been there. But guess what? There is another way. Since I recognized this exact behavior in my own business, I set out to do something about it. And now, what works for me, I'm sharing with you. It's the Inspired Daily Planner, made specifically for gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. That's you. But it's not your ordinary planner. First off, it comes with a video explaining my productivity strategy. Plus, it's undated, so you can start using this planner the second it arrives at your doorstep. And that's not all. Included for each day is a motivational tip and plenty of space for you to write down your intention and then schedule time so that you can actually take action on all those ideas that are now getting lost. It's the perfect solution to truly act and move your business forward. And yes, I'm offering you a special discount to get you started with the Inspired program, because it's my greatest joy to see you make progress and grow. Go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash get inspired and enter code SALE in all caps to get 40% off of the Inspired Daily Planner. That means for only $21 plus shipping, you'll have a hard copy planner along with my Power of Purpose video that will set you on the path for true business growth now and into 2022. Makes a great gift too. And if you're already using the Inspired program, grab a fresh planner with this discount too. Giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash get inspired and use the code SALE. Remember in all caps. This offer won't be available forever, so don't forget to do it right away. Okay, let's get back to the show. Now, you can have pillars of authenticity, but I think that you can only really have one thing that people will remember you for, right? You can have pillars underneath that. What is the main thing? Like Nike, just do it. Like we all know that. We know Volvo makes safe cars. They have all kinds of different cool sporty cars, family cars, whatever, you know, electric cars. But we know they make safe cars. And that to own some kind of positioning like that is so meaningful, right? If I don't want a safe car and who doesn't want a safe car, I'm not going to look at Volvo. Right. And by driving a Volvo, you're also making a statement to the world of who you are and what's important to you. Exactly right. And that is a real big honor, right? As a brand, if people are purchasing from you because what you put out there makes them feel proud, like when you walk around with your Starbucks cup, right? It's saying something about you. If you can get to that point with your customers, and I really think actually smaller, especially makers, it's such a personal thing, enormous opportunity, right? We as human beings, especially after the pandemic, we know how small businesses have been hit. We want to have a personal connection with the person behind the brand. So when we have that opportunity, when we know I can support you versus buying from Amazon, I'd much rather do that. And nothing against Amazon, but like, I don't know the people there. You know, I know when I buy something handmade, crafted, and I know that I'm supporting someone, that's important to me. And people are willing to pay more for that too. So you don't have to match Amazon prices. No, not at all. And I think there's even a little bit of a pride that comes with that as a consumer, 
We go, yeah, that's right. I spent more on this. I didn't go to Amazon. And I hear people talk about it all the time. Yeah, anti-Amazon. Amazon is great for many things, but there are other things that we just need to be doing differently. I think everything is shifting right now in terms of our purchasing behaviors. Part of it, it was happening before the pandemic, but certainly through the pandemic and now afterwards, we're still shuffling out. But I do see, and the studies are showing, that handmade is becoming more significant. People are attracted to handmade more. They're willing to pay more. So we're all in a great position to take advantage of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what you're sharing with us today is how we can really play on this opportunity. And it's opportunity for us, but it's also a service that we're giving to our customers because our products that are handmade probably have better ingredients versus things that are made overseas. That is a generalization. I know that. I would say I think that most people agree with that. Like that's a perception, whether or not it's reality. I think people do agree with that. One thing I would say also, like when you're trying to figure out, okay, what, how can I differentiate? Look at the unmet needs, right? Okay, what is one of the reasons people might buy from Amazon instead of you? All oh, because Prime, because I can have it tomorrow, because I forgot that I need, it's my sister's birthday, which I would never forget, but I forgot it's her birthday and I need to do something <laughs> right away, right? November 5th, never forget. So, <laughs> but if I have a maker that I love buying things from and they ask me, okay, you know, a few questions and they can prompt me with things in advance so that I'm not doing the last minute scramble. Like what are the big reasons people end up buying from someone else instead of you, especially someone that is Amazon that you can definitely compete with in terms of quality. If you can crack that code, you have a real opportunity and that can be part of your brand. We're like the psychic brand. We get you to buy things before you even realize you need them. You don't have to have a last minute scramble or whatever it is. That's an important service. Absolutely. And right now with supply chain in arms, again, a huge opportunity for handmade. One of the things you talk about, Denise, is having a new logo doesn't equal having a new brand. And I'd love to talk about this a little bit because I think we've gotten some brain circling about, gosh, I want to relook at my brand. So this conversation will be very relevant to people who are looking at making a change. So what do you have to say about this? New logo does not equal new brand. Yeah, a logo is not a brand. I will go back to Nike here, right? Is the swoosh the most amazing thing ever created as a logo? It's not. It's what they have imbued it with, right? It's the experience they've created that that represents. Like if you make the brand experience, the brand more meaningful, I don't want to say your logo doesn't matter. I mean, logos certainly can matter and you want it to be appropriate and memorable and, and all of those things. But just creating a new logo isn't going to do anything to transform your business. Okay, perfect. So again, it still goes back to everything that we were talking about before. Defining what's authentic for you, making sure that it's relevant, that it's something your buyers are actually going to resonate with. And you can find that out by looking at what people are reaching for, what people are talking about. You can even go back in your sales and see what people are buying to help give you clues as to whether you're on the right track or not. Also defining where you stand on the price spectrum and staying solid with that, I would say, for some time period too. What do you say about that, Denise? Is like anything that you're testing, don't do it for a week. Right. <laughs> Give it a chance. I mean, unless you see it's like a tremendous failure right away, you know, okay. But yes, I think these are business decisions, right? You have to look at what can I realistically, like what can I not go below in order to make a profit? Because you're not looking just to make things for other people. You're looking to make a profit, right? So what's the very lowest you can go and be comfortable with? And don't ever go lower than that. But then what is it worth? Really looking at what something is worth and pricing based on that. And hopefully there's a big delta between like your break even 
and what you really can sell something for. And if not, looking at how you can make that delta happen for you. And brand is definitely a driver of it. Commodity versus a brand. If you don't have a brand, you are just a commodity. Yep. It goes back to buying Starbucks coffee or tea. It does. You know, there's a lot of money to be had when you position your brand properly. And I understand it's scary, right? Especially if you're on your own and you're doing this yourself, you're a couple of people and you really do. It's tempting to be very kind of defensively selling, like I just need to get the sale. And I understand there are realities that people have to meet in order to survive. But when you can think beyond that, when you've gotten to a point where you can go, okay, I have something here. How can I make this better? I think that's really your opportunity. Or if you can do it from the very beginning, you know, if you're very fortunate, go, I'm going to have a handmade business here and I'm going to set myself up this way. Well, that's awesome. But it's unusual that it starts that way. Yeah, I think the closer you can be to the price position you want in the beginning makes sense. And yes, the delta, because you want to be able to have some room in there. Obviously, you need money to be able to grow your business. You know, it's not just about the product, your production time. There's office expenses, all the overhead stuff. Plus, you want a little bit in there if you want to do any promotions, if you're not priced properly there. So I'm a big advocate for deciding what your price is going to look like and working towards it for at least a certain amount of time before you would make any changes. And maybe you even have, you know, we're makers. So you can have different size products that where your cost of materials is less. So they could be priced less. You can do a little testing, do some research before you just decide randomly things, right? Right. So let's give everybody three, they've heard the whole conversation and we've kind of just been chatting back and forth, Denise, covering a bunch of topics, all of them really, really potent topics for branding. But if someone, we're going back to our soap maker again, (laughs) our sweet little soap maker, she's never done this. She's made soaps. She's gone to shows. Her prices are set, but there's no real rhyme or reason. There's really no branding as we've talked about it now. What would be someone's very first steps to getting this all in sync in the way where it can be powerful and help them grow their business? Really, I would start with the what are you? I would drill down and say, I'm going to analyze these three areas, right? What is authentic about me that's relevant to my audience that I can execute on? I would ask people, I would ask my best customers, really sit down with a conversation. They want to help you. Your best customers want to help you. And even the people that haven't bought from you may want to help you to tell you why they didn't buy, which is also important to know. I would really dig around those three things because it's like everything else stems from that. Okay, if this is what's important, if, if the lowest price is important, is that going to be something I can do? Maybe not, right? But if making sure that there's aloe in every single soap, and I'm going to be the aloe soap person, and I have these really unusual things from around the world. That's why people buy me. Okay, I know that's important that I need to make sure that's part of my messaging and my portfolio of what I'm putting out there. Okay, wonderful. And then talking about it regularly, keeping it top of mind, maybe even writing it out on your computer or somewhere where you're going to see it all the time, because if you don't continue talking about it, multiple times, it's never going to really sink in. You can't just talk about it once. Because that is really important, right? To become whatever you're going to be specialized, what what your brand is, you need to be a thought leader in that space, right? So, So make sure everything you're putting out, like know everything about it as much as you can. Put information out there, educate people, give them those little kind of tidbits of information that make them feel smarter about what you do, that give them a talking point to tell other people 
this is why I bought this soap. Oh, you know, I got you the soap as a present or the one you're using in my powder room is this and it does this for you versus just being a soap. Like make yourself more than a soap, make yourself more than a coffee. If you're Bomba socks, my very favorite product of all time, make yourself more than a sock, right? Like these are coffee socks. They're not things that are super differentiated unless you put the power behind it. And to me, any kind of handcrafted world already has something special. It's just really like articulating what that is and making sure you home in on it rather than spreading yourself so thin that you are, are making everything instead of a brand for yourself. Absolutely. And I'm going to suggest we're talking about aloe and also socks. Google points about your product. Like I just learned recently, Denise, that if you wear socks, you know how the heavy blankets are a big thing right now? You know, they do something for you health wise. So do wearing socks to bed. And it doesn't have to do with keeping your feet soft. It has to do with your quality of sleep. Who knew? And I can't give you all the details. I just know that point. So that would be something cool for somebody who makes socks to be able to say, by the way, did you know one of the values of socks is, now they might not have known that before, but Google things that might be relevant to your product and you might come up with these cool facts that then you can be talking about. And it might inspire your product. You might say, and, and that's why I make these special sleep socks. You don't want to wear the same ones you wore all day. Right, exactly. Oh, that's good, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Are you listening, Bombas? Don't listen. Let the handmakers make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, aloe, same thing. Like, what are the health benefits of aloe? What are the recent stories? Or did you know that aloe comes from? Like, who knows what it right. would be? But Google it. Find some interesting points. It doesn't have to be all your knowledge at first. Because I think there'll be some people sitting out there saying, well, I don't know. I have no clue. I know how to make my product and it's awesome, but I don't know any of this stuff. You don't have to be the creator of the information. You can be the spreader of the qualities. That's right. I agree with that. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Very, very, very good. Okay. One final question that comes to mind. I try to put myself in our listeners' head of like what the objections would be that would prevent them from moving forward on what we've talked about that could, like I said before, be such a good, solid business growth strategy for a business. And that is, what do you say about, again, I'm going to stick with our soap maker. I'm just a small handmade business product provider. And there are these big brands out there that are spending millions of dollars for their strategy. I cannot compete with them. Why should I even try? Well, I mean, without trying, right, you're just dooming yourself to failure. <laughs> But you can, right? We know that you can. There are other people out there being successful in this world doing that. Talking to some of those people, the ones that aren't directly competitive with you is always a great thing. Again, people want to help people. I always talk to people who are interested in learning about if they're starting an agency or anything else that I can do to help them because I think we just kind of feel like it's our job to be building on our shoulders. But I do think that it's not really a legitimate argument that just because someone else that there is doing it great, I don't have a chance. It's not, not true. You have to do it differently, maybe. You're not going to have big TV commercials, Super Bowl, <laughs> saying that you make soap. But then again, that's probably not appropriate for you anyway, and it's not appropriate to your audience. It all comes back to what is it that's special about you? How can you communicate differently? It does take being creative, but that's the awesome thing about your audience. We're talking about some of the most creative people on the planet. As long as there are some guardrails, because again, creativity without kind of guardrails can be really, really difficult to rein in. But with kind of the what are you guardrails, the authentic to you, relevant to your audience, executable, 
that gives you the real path to, to pull in all the information and go, okay, how do I do this? And you can, there's no question. You can, other people are doing it. Why shouldn't you? I like that rather than someone else did it. Why should I? Love it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think the other thing as a small business is we don't need millions of customers to be successful with our business goals. Right. It's not really even comparing apples to apples, but I was curious as to what you would say about this. We all continue to need to talk about this topic and just continue to take it to heart that we don't need to be matching anybody else. We need to be doing what's right for ourselves. And I would even add into that, the world is becoming much more savvy about marketing, right? About personal brands. So not doing it actually puts you further behind. Like it doesn't even keep you on a level playing field. You're right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. All right. This has been absolutely gold in terms of the information that you've provided in our conversation. I heard you mention, I believe, that with your agency, you help people define what their brand messaging should be, zero in and define it. Is that correct? And talk a little bit about more what the S3 agency does. Thank you. Yeah. So we really are like to us, Working with a brand, the biggest way we can make a difference is to make sure that brand has its differentiated positioning figured out and then do our marketing on top of that. We have 20 years of of honing this experience. We know how to take people through the process of differentiating the brand. And then we know that when we do marketing with that clear alignment of what is different, that our results are better. There's no question. We're not guessing. We're not wondering, gee, will this message be working? Is this the right thing? But we know what to put out there. And it also is a great filter for us and for our clients to go, hmm, should we try advertising that way or doing something? Well, does that fit with our differentiated brand positioning? No, then no. The answer is no, we shouldn't do it. That's like very clarifying, having that alignment, that clarity, that is what we provide. And then the things that go with it. So whatever is right for the client, whether it's advertising, digital advertising, broadcast advertising, marketing social media, website, I mean, you name it, like we are a full service agency, so we pull that whole picture together. And I know that can sound daunting to your audience. You don't have to be doing all those things. The big thing is figure out your brand, do the things that are meaningful for you. It doesn't have to be incredibly overwhelming, just like bite size it and make progress towards it. It doesn't have to be an overnight success. And do you have a sweet spot for accepting clients? We work in a few different verticals. So we do a lot of consumer packaged goods, we do a lot of automotive. We do a lot of healthcare, And then other clients, uh, when we feel the brand is right for us, if we feel like we can really make a difference for them and they want to actually go through the differentiation, then that's the most important criteria for us. Okay, perfect. And if people want to know more about you and the agency, where would you send them? Uh, please just go to our website, which is s3.agency. So letter S like Sam, the number three dot agency. Denise, this has been a fabulous conversation. I am thrilled that we're presenting this information specifically to our listeners because I think if they take this to heart and really spend a little bit of time, follow the R elements, this could really be a game changer. And you brought that to us. So for that, I am so indebted. Denise, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sue. This has been an awesome conversation. I wish you could see me because you'd see I'm smiling from ear to ear. And uh, anytime you want to talk, I'm available. Wonderful. Thanks again, Denise. It's time to make your company micro weird. I encourage you to follow Denise's R method to get you moving in this direction. And one more thing I want to emphasize from our talk today. Remember the discussion about pricing? 
that you can't be all over the board or even sit in the middle with your product prices. If you are, your job is so much harder. Something to rethink as you move forward into the new year. Up next week, I'm bringing you a new online selling opportunity if you haven't narrowed in on a product to sell yet. Or if you're creative but not sure that you want all that production involved with a handmade product business, this show will be for you. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, leaving a rating and review helps the show get seen by more makers. As a loyal listener, there are other ways to show support for the podcast, too. Visit our brand new shop for a wide variety of gift biz paraphernalia, like mugs, t-shirts, water bottles, and more, featuring logos and quotes to inspire you throughout your day. They make great holiday gifts, too, can be shipped throughout the U.S., and are available at giftbizunwrap.com forward slash shop. All proceeds help offset the cost of producing this podcast. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people, and just for fun, because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making. My favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze. Today, 